This is the 452nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC. And on today's show, we're going to talk to some of the assistant coaches for the Atlanta Falcons under Coach Raheem Morris and then try to help you get ready in the second half of the show for the scouting combine that's coming up next week in Indianapolis. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back here at episode 452 of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we're going to hear from several of the assistant coaches who are in the building doing self-evaluations of last season and of the roster and deciding on who they need to retain, to move forward, who they might have to move off from, and so forth and so on. But let's start with, the new quarterbacks coach, T.J. Yates, he'll be in charge of the quarterback room after working with the wide receivers the last two years and being an offensive assistant, passing game assistant in his first year with the Falcons. Here is quarterback coach T.J. Yates. As the offseason moves on, um, you still have two quarterbacks on the roster. Mm-hmm. You have to prepare. like They're going to be here until – Otherwise, to notice. Absolutely, you know they're they're here and they're on our roster right now. So, and obviously it's a it's going to be a, a changing situation, uh, an evolution at every step of the way through free agency, through the draft, all those things. But right now they're here with us. Uh, we got to prepare like they're going to be here with us, and you know uh, we're just going to look at every option that we have. And uh, obviously we all know that 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 position for this football team has to improve, and we're going to do everything we can to improve that position. Could you improve Ritter? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's still a, a young quarterback that, you know, that with this day and age, though, I'll, you know, there's a lot of impatient, you know, impatient people, impatient media. Like, you don't see the days of being able to grow guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody knows it's a performance business, and you got to perform right now. But, you know, he'll continue to grow throughout his career uh, in learning the game, learning how to play the game, protecting the ball better, all those different things. Like, there's there's definitely ways that every player can improve. Always good to hear from T.J. Yates, the pride and joy of Pope High School. Went on to start at North Carolina and carved himself out a nice career in the National Football League. Now he's off to 
her early start in his coaching career and will be the Falcons quarterback coach this year. Also, one of the assistant coaches retained was offensive line coach Dwayne Ledford. He was also given a new title, run game coordinator. Here is Coach Ledford discussing his new role and how it was a little touchy on whether he would be returning or not. Uh, you got a new title. Uh, what does the new title uh, uh, mean for you? Run game coordinator. Yeah, run game coordinator. I'm excited about it, you know, and just, um, you know, the opportunity, first and foremost, just being back here, D-Led, mm -hmm. and to, to, to be here with this organization and be able to coach the men that I get to coach, like, I'm very, very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And just excited that we get to continue to build on those things mm -hmm. now, you know, and so I, we're we're ready to hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Rams were running zone, and they moved the gap stuff last year. Um, and you all been zone outside zone. Uh, how are y'all working to you know synthesize things? Well, and that and that's be something where really good conversations come apart uh -huh. these next couple of weeks. Dude, okay, right? like when we start getting in there and start you know, mm -hmm. dissecting and mm -hmm. talking as a group and mm -hmm. just all of us getting in there. And then, then you start formulating like, hey, mm -hmm. this is what it's going to look like, mm -hmm. you know, going forward. And so mm -hmm. that's something like in these next couple of weeks, you got to start taking form and take shape with it. Mm -hmm. You looking forward to the scouting part here coming up at the combine? I, I am. Mm -hmm. I am. There's That's, that's always a... Um, a good part. I mean, it's it's an important piece of it, just to try to start getting to know these guys that are that are in the draft, and uh, just making sure that that you know we are making that they are a good fit for what we are looking for. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's a great opportunity for guys. So we're I'm always excited about that time of the year. And uh, getting the rookie ready last year, are you excited about uh, him making a big jump in year two, Matt I, Bergeron? I am. I'm. I'm I was. I was very happy and excited to see Bergeron throughout the season last year because I thought that he got better each week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was he played a lot of snaps for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very yep. Like, he played a lot mm -hmm. and and went against some really good guys. Uh -huh. Great competition that year one. And did a really good job with it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. and can't wait to see what that year two is going to look like for mm -hmm. him. And excited about getting him back here so we can start working on mm -hmm. getting ready for that year two. All right. Thanks for Coach Ledford stopping by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast and shedding some light on one of the strengths of the uh, Falcons, the offensive line. Now, um, running backs coach Mike Petrie. We discussed with him his return to the coaching staff and uh, how he envisioned things will go this offseason for the running backs. You be uh, staying on staff with uh, Raheem Morris. It's extremely humbling. Uh, extremely grateful to have the opportunity to stay here and uh, continue to work with uh, Tyler Algier, Bijan Robinson, Carlos Washington, Avery Williams, and just that group, and just uh, continue to build a relationship and obviously coaching those guys. And uh, what what uh, of the vision has Coach Morris and Zach Robinson shared with you with regards to the running back room? You know, we haven't even gotten to that conversation okay. yet, but the thing that uh, I would say a vision, it's, it's going to be a collaborative environment. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a collaborative environment, and we're going to have a lot of fun doing what we're doing. And coordinating the run game with Coach Ledford, uh, how will that look and how will that take shape as you all move forward? 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to be much different uh, moving forward on how things have been done here. Um, at the end of the day, I think you just obviously Zach and those guys come in and they'll have their ideas and mm-hmm. lead and we'll have our ideas. But at the end of the day, we're just going to want to put these guys in the best situations to be successful, to be able to utilize and capitalize off of their talents and abilities. And, uh, you know, it looks like they ran a mixture of zone and then a lot of gap last year. Are you all equipped to, to do whatever? That's going to be part of the discussions on how you're going to attack people in the run game? I think we'll discuss a lot of things. I mm-hmm. think on uh, February 15th, it's too early to know what we're right. going to do because so much of what you're going to do is based off of your personnel. personnel uh-huh. So you have an idea of what, you're going, what you want to do. Uh-huh. But, again, until we get the roster and all that stuff taken care uh-huh. of and Terry and those guys do their part uh-huh. and in terms of building a roster and free agency draft, all that, we won't know. But I think right now it's just creating a foundation of us as a staff being extremely collaborative and working together and building those relationships. And I know when Bobby Turner was here, he always got excited about scouting the the combine and knowing all the running backs in the draft, uh, you know, how are you getting prepared for the combine and looking at the running back group this year? Slow and steady. Mm-hmm. Stay, stay the course, you know what I mean, and be mm-hmm. thorough. And, uh, again, it'll be a collaborative. we got scouts, got the personnel department, take their information. Uh, we'll watch some film, do that, and then we'll all talk about it and come mm-hmm. to a conclusion on what we need to do to put the Atlanta Falcons in the best situation to compete on Sundays come this fall. Well, under Coach Petrie's watch, the running backs went from 31st in the league on the ground to third. And then last season, they maintained their spot in the top 10, even though people knew that they had to run the ball. They finished ninth in rushing, so Michael Petrie was retained by the new staff, and he'll be back to coach the running backs for the Atlanta Falcons. One of the new coaches who has uh, come over in an important role at defensive line from the Los Angeles Chargers is Jay Rogers. Coach Rogers is a well-known defensive line coach. He won the Turlick Award in 2018, which goes to the top defensive line coach, well-respected coach in the game. Here's what he had to say about coming to the Falcons on Coach Raheem Moore's staff. Excited about getting started here with the Atlanta Falcons? I'm very excited. I've been going for four days now, so mm-hmm. it's been awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, I know y'all haven't studied a lot of tape yet, but what was your conception coming in and what was Raheem's vision that he shared for the defensive front for you? Um, you know, we're, we're in that process of evaluating everybody, um, mm-hmm. trying to see who they are and mm-hmm. um, what we can do to, to improve. So we're just going, just starting to go through that that process, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously, um, we haven't quite gotten into the nuts and bolts of the defense yet. Mm-hmm. But I know that the things that, that Jimmy said and Raheem has said is playing fast, physical, and free, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where we're going to start with, and then we'll just keep progressing throughout the entire spring. Mm-hmm. And uh, from afar, you know, I know you heard of Oyamata and Grady. And we don't know about Calais. I saw him at the Super Bowl. He's still got to go through his process. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what are some of the personnel that you know about? You know, I was over in the West Coast, West Coast. and in the AFC uh, mm-hmm. for the last three years. So, and I think we played uh, the Falcons one time, yeah. I think, in 2022. Right. So I'm not familiar with a lot of the guys. And some of these guys, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's been a while mm-hmm. uh, since they came out of college. Mm-hmm. So um, it's – it's uh, people grow up right, during that right, time. Right. So, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, we're going through the evaluation process right now. I'm trying to get to know these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only talked to a couple of them on the phone, working through that right now, mm-hmm. and um, and getting to know these guys. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, uh, 
I don't know if Zach Harrison was a rookie that came on. He's somebody you got to study and see uh, mm-hmm. what he can do for for you all up front. Yeah, I've heard a lot of really good things about him. Okay. Um, you know, he he did some good things here last year, and mm-hmm. so you know, my job is to try to see where uh, what we can do to get him to be the most productive that he can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's what I plan on doing is studying him, what he does well, mm-hmm. seeing how he fits within the scheme, and, and go from there. And uh, what year was it you won the Turlick Award? That was 2018. Okay, yeah. yeah. What was uh, some of the, the um, uh, some of your people that did a lot of work for you that year? Um, we had that year, mm-hmm. 2018, we had a really good defense just uh-huh. overall at all mm-hmm. three levels of guys who played um, mm-hmm. in our room. Keem Hicks okay. was a pro bowler that year. Mm-hmm. Eddie Goldman should have been a pro bowler right. that year. Blau Nichols, uh, great player. He's now a free agent. Uh, mm-hmm. Roy Robertson Harris, mm-hmm. a great player, pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Nick Williams, I think, was on that group. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Bullard. Um, there was a couple guys. You know, we stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Abdullah Anderson was also on practice squad, I believe, that week, that mm-hmm. year, and he was also a player here, I believe, yeah. years later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a lot of really good players, and the guys played well. We had a great culture in that room, and you know, our job was to go kick ass, and that's what they did every week. Well, we thank Coach Rogers for stop, stopping by. Be interesting to see what all he's going to be doing up front to try to generate the pass rush and stop the run. You don't get to rush the passer until you stop the run, and uh, that's he knows that better than just about anybody. Another new assistant coach on the secondary level is Justin Hood. It's a young guy that's coming over from the Green Bay Packers. He knew Jerry Gray from his time up there. But uh, here is Justin Hood, a native of Youngstown, Ohio, discussing his role with the on the new coaching staff. How did the deal go down for you to join Coach uh, Morris' staff and come here to Atlanta? Yeah, um, an interview. <laughs> um, no, in all reality, uh, coach reached out. They had put in the slip for me and mm-hmm. uh, set up the interview. Had a chance to, to sit down and talk with uh, mm-hmm. Coach Morris along with Jimmy. Um, things went well, and, and shortly after, they offered me a position here. My wife and I, we had a chance to sit down, mm-hmm. weigh the pros and cons, and we saw ourselves here in a great opportunity with the, you know, the roster and the people that we're going to be working with. So we're excited about it. And uh, were you familiar with Coach Gray at all? Extremely. Okay. Uh, so I worked with Coach Gray oh, for two Bay. seasons in Green Bay. Um, you talk about a, a really good football coach and an even better person. So mm-hmm. saw that opportunity as well and, and jumped at it. So looking forward to working with them again. I'm just trying to follow the flow chart and the titles. So you will have the safeties and the corners? Yeah, we'll, oh, we'll okay. tag him. I mean, you talk about you know, Coach Morris being a secondary guy, right. Jimmy being a secondary guy, Jerry Gray being a secondary mm-hmm. guy, and then myself. Uh, we won't be lacking in coaches back there. Okay. Um, so we'll be uh, you know working as a team. How would you describe your coaching style? Coaching style? Uh, probably more of a teacher. Um, in my opinion, I always want to know what guys see and how they're perceiving it and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, tweak things here and there, but, uh, yeah, overall I'm a teacher. Well, that's uh, Coach Hood, Justin Hood. He'll be working with the secondary for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, our next coach up is um, some of you all will remember him from his days with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the inside linebacker, Mr. Barrett Root. He'll be coaching the inside backers for the Falcons. Here is Coach Root. 
What was it like getting the news coming here uh, to, to join uh, Coach Morris's staff? Uh, extremely excited for me. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've known Raheem for a long time, and you know, uh, number one to get a chance to go work for him again, I was absolutely thrilled because I know, you know, what kind of coach and, and more importantly, what kind of person he is. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know. Uh, I can't say I know many NFL teams extremely well, but being an NFC South guy, uh, I, I was here in Atlanta playing a lot. I remember those battles in the mm -hmm. in the old dome, and uh, the fans here were always fantastic. So being able to come to an organization like this, uh, that was uh, you know equally uh, as exciting of an opportunity for me. And um, you know, talking to Raheem and Jimmy, what have they expressed as their vision for? the different units and uh, how you all plan to attack folks. Yeah, you know, it's going to be fun for me because, um, you know, both Raheem and Jimmy have branched out, you mm -hmm. know, schematically a little bit since mm -hmm. I was with them in Tampa Bay. Okay. You know, Raheem's done some different things uh, with the Rams. Jimmy's done some different things at, at, at UW at Washington. Um, but their core beliefs remain the same. You know, the effort the players are going to play with. Uh, the technique, the detail, uh, the fundamentals, that's what hadn't changed. There's going to be some new schematics. Um, and then, you know, we also know what, what they had last year here in Atlanta. They played really good defense last year. So um, I'm really excited to, you know, kind of blend that all together uh, with this new staff. I'd say that's going to be a fun time. And you're um, at least the three that played a lot last year, um, uh, Nate and uh, our guy from New Orleans. <laughs> oh, Caden. Yeah. And Troy. And Troy, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never remember Troy. I don't know why I missed Kate. But uh, how do you see those guys uh, progressing? I know it's early. You probably didn't really watch a lot of film, but your take on those three. Yeah, you know, I think they all got unique skill sets. It's you know, misplaced. Yeah, yeah. Um, they all got unique skill sets. Um, you know, I think they complement each other very well. Um, you know, Troy, unfortunately, I, I think he got hurt early in the year last year, mm -hmm. so didn't get a ton of a ton of reps uh, throughout the year, but. Um, I'm excited about the group. I mean, I, I've heard nothing but great things about what they're like as people, you know, mm -hmm. character-wise, how they work, how they approach, you know, the day-to-day. -day. Um, and then now it's about just taking it to the next level. I think the fortunate thing is, you know, even Caden being, I think he's maybe in his sixth year now, mm -hmm. um, he's a little bit of a veteran, but, you know, all those guys are fairly young players, so there's going to be a lot of room to, you know, to continue to grow. And transitioning from college to pro as a coach, how's yeah. that for you? Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be, you know, number one, I, I haven't made one phone call uh, right. to recruit since right. I've been here. That's that's kind of no nice. <laughs> yeah. There's no portal. portal. I, I don't have to take any photos uh, that I know of. Um, so that part's really nice. Um, but there, there will be some transitions. You know, like, for example, in college, uh, you have real limited meeting time. You know, okay. a lot of times you might have – 20 minutes before uh, a practice to do an installation so mm -hmm. you, you feel like an auctioneer at times trying to mm -hmm. rattle off all the information where you you, you know you get a full day in the nfl mm -hmm. um so you, you get more time to spend with your guys um but you know at the same time coaching is coaching you know and mm -hmm. you got to have rules to let let them play fast you got to have fundamentals you got to have details that stuff doesn't change but it will be nice um you know being able to have more time with your players and and, and not having to do as much recruiting so we like to thank Coach Rude, he uh, remembered his time of chasing the Falcon quarterbacks around the Georgia Dome back in the day. He played from 05 to 2010, so he wouldn't have seen the new stadium at all. But that is uh, what we have here from some of the assistant coaches who were made available. And uh, we hope you enjoy what they had to say about being on the staff and their plans for the upcoming season. At this time, we're going to take a break at the midway point here. 
This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. We um, we ask you all to send along some questions. And we got one um, here from, we got a couple things here. Uh, one from, it's a kind of a multiple choicer from Garrett Key. So we're going to uh, ask his question and try to answer it for you. And then we had a, a comment from another fan that uh, took a notice of our coverage during the coaching search. So from uh, Garrett Key, he says, Do you think the Falcons' QB situation will be in, addressed in the draft or through a trade slash free agency? That's one question. Seems like they'd have to pay a high price to move up to get some of the highly thought of QBs if there were to go to the trade market which of the following QBs do you think would work best for the Falcons and then he gives me four choices okay so let's answer number one do you think the Falcons QB situation will be addressed during the draft or through three through trade or free agency okay We'll know because uh, free agency and trade comes first. It'll start on March 13th, free agency period. And uh, what will happen with Kurt Cousins, we'll know. Uh, we'll see if the Falcons have money to go there. If not, then, um, you know, some backup uh, free agency guys would be Baker Mayfield. Do you get into a bid more with Tampa for him? And then uh been toying around Jimmy Garoppolo's got suspended for two games but he's free now and he's got a 43 and 20 record so I don't know if you want him as the quarterback for the future but you still need a veteran backup so uh, those are the three the free agent ones that we could talk about the trade is uh Justin Fields and you know if you believe the other internet he's uh unlike the bears and he started following all the falcons so uh but then there's also a troubling stat on there about him and mitch trubisky through 40 games and um it's about the same so uh that would be your trade uh free agent scenario yeah and um if you're gonna trade up that is a high price and uh, here is the other question. If you were to go to trade market, which of the following QBs do you think would work best for the Falcons? And we have uh, Fields, R. Wilson, Murray, and Daniel Jones. Okay. Um, 
Daniel Jones has just signed $40 million contract. I don't think he works. Murray would be the best, but Arizona's going to stay with him. Fields, uh, show, he's he's only 10 and 28 as a starter. That's a problem. But, you know, that line has uh, been so bad. And then R. Wilson, that would be Russell Wilson. Of this group, I would say Fields would be the best option. Although I'm troubled by the, the numbers I just saw comparing him to Mitch Trubisky through 40 games. So um, that's where they're at. They're not in a good place. And in our cover nine at nine block, we'll look at, okay, if they have to sit still, they can't get anybody in free agency or via trade. They got the eighth pick and they can't trade up. They can't really wait to the second and third round like they did with Ritter. Uh, and they would have to swing for the fences early is what uh, Matt Miller termed it as today when we talked to him uh, on the uh, conference call. And uh, the swing early pick would be, drumroll, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. They believe, um, uh, Miller believes that he's better than Bo Nix and um, Anthony Penix Jr. And that they could kind of talk themselves into J.J. because of the um, intangibles that he has and the guy's a winner and so forth. So, Ooh, that's uh, that's where they're at here at the quarterback search headed into the combine. And then we got, um, you know, during the um, coaching search uh, and uh, it came to our attention that um, Falcons defensive uh, coordinator Jimmy Lake had got, um, you know, into, you know, uh, into a situation at the University of Washington where they ended up buying out his contract where he allegedly hit a player on the sideline and shoved him in the back on national TV. But nobody bought it up. We, we you know, and um, we felt it should have been discussed as part of uh, the hiring process. And so we did. We brought it up on Twitter. We brought it up on um, a couple different places and got some kind of wayward calls about, hey, is this personal? No, it's not personal. You got to cover. I don't even know Jimmy Lake. So you got to, um, you know, when you get new coaches, you got to find out about them, find out, you know, the good and the bad and so forth. So that's what we were trying to do. And uh, one of our readers direct uh, sent a DM alone that said, good work. Because Ken Segura did a good job of asking about it at the press conference. He kind of you know, dodged it and said, well, his players still contact him and so forth. But, uh, you know, we're not really worried about the merit of the answer. But um, one of our readers from Corey sent us a text, a DM. Good work to you and your team on the Jimmy Lake coverage. Appreciate the willingness to deal with the hire in its totality rather than brush over it. Hey, well, Corey, thank you very much. We appreciate it. You know, we know um, sometimes we're going to have to take some heat, but if you can't take the heat, don't come in the kitchen. And so, um, you know, we did. It, I, it was just stunning to me that nobody said anything about it. I mean, this guy, he got a buyout of $9.9 million, and it, it was all over the Internet. I didn't republish the, the um, Internet thing. I, I didn't send that back out there, but it's out there. You can Google it on um, Jimmy Lake, University of Washington. I wonder if the kid that uh, was involved, is he one of the, the kids that are still tweeting the coach or not? But 
But anyway, let's move on and start getting ready for the scouting combine. We will be um, getting an indie Monday night. Terry Fontenot is supposed to speak Tuesday morning. I think he already kind of practiced his speech on NFL uh, Report with Steve Weiss and James Palmer. So we ran a story on that, covering the quarterback search and some of the other issues. Uh, uh, maybe we'll have some news on some of the veterans. Uh, you know, it's out there that uh, Cordero Patterson's contract has been voided. You know, Mike Hughes, Lorenzo Carter, a couple other. Uh, I think Lorenzo only had a one-year deal, so that doesn't matter. Then Taylor Heineke, you know, they got some moves to make. If they're going to go after Kirk Cousins, they'll need a little bit of room to create, but they can do that. Go to Jake Matthews' contract for that. But let's get, and then the combine will start in earnest on Sunday, run through the next Monday on the 4th. Uh, player availability will start on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So linebackers and defensive line on Wednesday, D-backs and tight ends on Thursday. I got a circle around Brock. That's Brock Bowers. Then on Friday, running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers. And on my list, I got Caleb, Penix, and McCarthy. And then O-line, place kickers, and special team guys on Saturday. That's media availability dates. That's not workout dates for NFL Network. And uh, for you all watching on TV, uh, we'll have the TV schedule out for you, too. But of the list of, um, I think, 321 players, there are 35 from Georgia, uh, two from HBCUs, William Drew, cornerback from Virginia State, and then Anam Dakwa, the tackle from Howard, be the two HBCU players at the scouting combine. And here are, um, we have 35 with Georgia Connections. We're going to go through all of them. I got bios. I've been working on them. Um, up to 20, so I got 15 more to go, and uh, we'll have those published in the AJC uh, over the weekend here. But uh, running back, Dijon Edwards from Georgia and Colquitt County. Kendall Milton, the Georgia running back. Kamani Vidal from Troy. He's uh, from Marietta High, 2023 Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, had a Troy school record, 1,661 yards rushing. So a little, little scat back, 5'8", 215. Wide receivers, Javon Baker out of Central Florida and McEachern High. He started at Alabama uh, but ended up um, at Central Florida. Lad McConkey, North Murray High in Georgia, 6'187". He's going to be a um, slot receiver in the NFL. On the fringe, fringe first-round pick, uh, Bub Means, Pittsburgh, Lovejoy. He's um, he, start, he also played at Louisiana Tech and was a defensive back at Tennessee. Uh, Marcus Rosema Jackson from Georgia. Jamari Thrash from Louisville, Troop County High. He started at Georgia State. He was a big stud for them before he ended up at Louisville. Then Malik Washington at Virginia, wide receiver from Parkview High. He uh, played last season as a grad transfer after starting his career at Northwestern. So those are tight ends with local, or wide receivers with local ties. Tight ends, Jaheim Bell from Florida State and Valdosta High. Spent some time at South Carolina. And then, of course, Brock Bowers. The uh, three-time All-American, two-time John Mackey Award winner. 
He uh, expected he's a top ten talent, but you know tight ends in the top ten doesn't happen much. Uh, so you're seeing him around the 13, 14, and 15 mark in a lot of mock drafts. Now, offensive lineman, you got Tylen Grable from Central Florida in Wilkinson County, uh, 6'7", 290. He's going to have to put on some weight. Uh, Trenton Jones from Michigan and Grayson High. He was a, a, a tackle and an extra blocker for them. Dylan McMahon, NC State, Savannah uh, Christian. He's a center, uh, fifth-year center, played in 10 games last year, 621 offensive snaps. Amarius Mims, 6'7", 340, Georgia, Bleakley County, right tackle. Should be a day-two pick. All right, Hunter Norzad from Penn State in the Walker School out in Marietta. 63220 Penn State. Engineering degree at Cornell before transferring to Penn State. So he's probably one of them smart centers that can get you all lined up and figure out where the uh blocking's supposed to go and all that kind of good stuff. All right. And then Cedric Van Prine Granger from Georgia, 64310. He is uh the last lineman in our group, offensive lineman. Defensive lineman from Georgia, we have uh, Justin Obonge B from Alabama, Florida, uh, Forest Park. Uh, he was healthy after suffering a seizing ending neck injury midway through 2022. He's named first team All-SEC by the conference coaches and second team All-SEC by the AP. Zion Lodge from Georgia, 6'5", 310. Played in every game last season, made 10 starts on the defensive line. And then linebacker Michael Barrett, 6'2", 239, um, University of Michigan from Lowndes. Started 15 games and played on special teams. Okay, and here go the guys I've still got some work to do on. J.D. Bertrand from Notre Dame, Blessed Trinity, linebacker. Aaron Casey, Indiana, uh, linebacker from Douglasville, Alexander High. Alexander High in Douglasville. Steel Chambers, linebacker, Ohio State from Blessed Trinity. Kalen DeLoach, Florida State from Islands High uh, from Savannah area. Uh, Khalid Duke, 6'4", 246, um, Kansas State, Riverside Military Academy. All right, Tyron Hopper from Missouri, uh, Roswell High. Okay, and uh, John Trey Hunter, linebacker, Georgia State, played in the Senior Bowl. He will be also at the Combine. Trevin Wallace, 6'2", 220, Kentucky, linebacker from Wayne County. Okay, and now to the defensive backs. Cole Bishop, 6'2", 207, from, from Utah. He played at Stars Mill High. Cole Bishop, safety, 6'2", 207. Okay, Georgia uh, D-back Javon Bullard. He's considered a second-round pick by Matt Miller from uh, ESPN. Marcellus Dial, South Carolina, 
and Georgia Military College. Marcellus Dial, 60190, South Carolina. Kamari Lassiter, 60180, uh, from Georgia. He's a, considered a top 50, top 55 player. So that's day two for sure. Uh, Jalen Simpson, Auburn, Frederica Academy. Okay, and Tyke Smith, Georgia cornerback. He's considered a fourth to fifth round cornerback, according to Matt Miller. And then lastly on our list, uh, Nate Wiggins, 6'2", 185. Corner from Clemson, long, gifted, athletic corner, uh, who had 50 tackles last year, 23 pass breakups, three interceptions over his career, uh, including two that were, were turned, returned for touchdowns. Uh, from Westlake High, you know, pride and joy of uh, AJ Terrell also. So there we have it. That's our, uh, those are our local guys that'll be at the scouting combine. We'll hear from uh, general manager Terry Fontenot. I haven't confirmed that the coach, can't imagine the coach not uh, speaking there, but we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. We're headed up there. Uh, We will, um, you know, definitely be trying to uh, stay on top of the players, the players from Georgia, Uh, big-name quarterbacks. We'll we'll definitely sit on them. Uh, Caleb Williams will be the big one when he comes into the media room. Uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU, and then Drake May from North Carolina. And then we'll study that second-tier group, too, with um, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Penix, and Ann Penix Jr. Uh, and then I got a list of um, my guys uh, um, a little bit deeper in the draft for you all uh, that I'm, um, I'm going to make sure we do our homework on them, too. Sam Hartman. Joe Milton III from Tennessee. I wanted to see a little bit more from him at the Senior Bowl. And then Spence Rattler. Spencer Rattler and Jordan Travis. And we, you know, when we started looking at Matt Ryan's replacement uh, five years ago, must be me and Cunningham, and and, uh, Spence Rattler was the one that kept coming up. Oh, he's going to be the top quarterback in 2021. 2022 and then you know stuff just didn't work out for him at alabama and excuse me at oklahoma and so he ends up transferring and then putting it together a little bit at south carolina but yeah he's a big arm guy that you know you got to determine if he could process or not but uh they there you got to look at quarterbacks at all different levels i wouldn't be opposed to drafting two if you got him late and somebody else early and a veteran off the street, you know, whatever you, you got to find a quarterback, some kind of way to make this team go. And, and um, the Falcons are fully aware of that. Well, all right, we're going to get on out of here from the 452nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. This is D Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta journal constitution. Take care and have a great rest of your week.
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.